All right, Joe, we've banked our first week of the training camp and now we're in a new room of our podcast. It's not really high class in style because I think this is the weirdest room I've recorded a podcast in. What do you think? Oh, definitely. It's the weirdest room I've uh, ever done like anything like this in. We're in like the back part of the garage. There's like boilers in here, washing machine. We're literally indeed in some sort of um, uh, maintenance room of the garage. Let's call it like that. Let's call it that. It's It's small. It's... Uh, a bit creepy, but I, I we're all doing it for the sound quality. That's it. Because upstairs we've got a whole lot of boys talking about the training camp, your dad, and all that. And uh, we we for us, quality of the podcast most important. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, isn't it like well, what, what have we become? Anyway, um, let's start off uh, the week. I think this is the first week we might have some shared highs and lows, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So my bit, our biggest low, because I know this was definitely it was. We went for a swim. At the 50 meter pool and drone, everyone's been, you see the pictures of it, it looks great. Every All the pictures I've seen, it was always empty, there's no one in there. And I said to Tom, let's go there, we're going to be in, we're going to, we did a, a big bike session on the Friday. So we thought we'll head in there for a swim, put Tom to pick his car up, so perfect excuse. And it was absolute carnage. Like, there was four of us, two of us got put into lane eight. One of us in lane four, one of us in lane well, five. It's, it started off at, at the cashier that she was she was naming in a ridiculous amount. I was like, is this swim including dinner? Because oh, we had crazy. to pay like 13, 60, no, 60 euros for, for four people or something. Uh, 52, 13 euros each. So then, and we only wanted to do like a steady swim. So then we're like, oh shit, what should we do, mate? A session out of this? Because otherwise it's like 13 euros down the pan. Because I don't even like, <laughs> if you don't like swimming anyway, the last thing you want to do is bloody pay 13 euros each for a swim. So uh, that was good motivation to actually get some kind of swimming. Otherwise, I think I'd have just sacked it off straight so, away. Exactly. So then we rocked up to uh, to the 50 meter pool and we thought, this is the Jan Fredina pool and all the other we boys called there. We there was another 50 meter pool first, didn't we? Because yeah. I remember we got on the pool side. It was rammed. And I said to the lifeguard, is there another 50 meter pool in Girona? And he said, oh no, the, the nearest is one is Barcelona. This one was rammed. And when I say it was like literally in every lane, there was like 20 people or something in there. And a lot of kids. So at first I felt a little bit like home, but this one was different, wasn't it? Yeah. So we got to lane eight. Well, the weirdest thing is a normal pool will have eight lanes. This one had eight lanes as well. But what they did is... Um, so normally uh, one lane would be there where the starting dock would be. No, it wasn't even that. They they didn't even do that. Yeah, they but that is what lanes. it normally would be. Yeah, but they made the lanes like smaller than normal because I looked at how they did it. Exactly. So they didn't even use the one where it's normally for nothing. They actually made them like two thirds the size each one. Exactly. So it was mega flipping small. If you do something else than uh, a breaststroke, you'd be hitting someone. Yeah, I got it's... kicked by someone in the lane next to me. But before we got in, I went to lane eight with Joe. I got in. And 20 meters into my swim, someone swam got in, right in front of my face, swam right at me. I was like, what's this guy doing? He's really angry Did, Spanish Didn't guy. he see me? So I had to like literally pull my hand forward against his face. Is that how you stopped him? Yeah, yeah. Like a Superman would stop a train. Yeah. That's how I stopped his face. Like literally he swam into my face. And I said, what are you doing? <laughs> and then he got really, really, really angry. And um, we didn't do anything wrong because we booked it. Actually, two of us were supposed to be in there. So the thing is, he, tried, he got all kicked off and he was like moaning to lifeguards that we're in there. When like we were meant to be in there, and Tom, I thought Tom was going to get in a fight. Tom was like to me, "What is that guy doing? What is that guy doing?" <laughs> so just tell him to f off, Tom. Like tell him to bugger off. You know, like we've paid for it. Just crack on. So anyway, Tom cracked on. I got him. Carried on, and then they tried to block us off at the end of the lane, didn't they? Like because they, they knew started we kicking were us. Yeah, yeah. He tried Blocking to like, us block off. it so you couldn't do a tumble turn. So I just went. To, I had to do a touch turn. 
And then they tried to stop me, so I just like pushed off one of their legs, uh, <laughs> and I think that pissed them right off. And then anyway, carried on, and then they like tried to complain to the lifeguards, and uh, we ended up like getting basically booted out of that one, didn't Be- we? Yeah, we well, we got the swim done, session done. Uh, I didn't feel feel great anyway, and after we paid thirteen euros, I felt like we've been scammed. Uh, besides that, we um, did a little sauna session over there. Sauna wasn't heat enough to do a proper competition, so that sucked. Then we went over to the changing rooms, and holy crap, I don't think they've got any hygiene rooms over there. It was like there. a football, you said it was like a football <laughs> changing room. Yeah, it was like a football changing room after you had like 20 teams on, on, in it after a Sunday. Yeah, mud you know? and everything in there. And That's the funny, disgusting. The strange thing is, what they have in Spain is, it's like, you need to wear a mask to get into the leisure centre, yeah. but then you're crammed in like sardines in the chain rooms and it's like, no one's this wearing a mask, crazy. so it doesn't make We're any sense. We're literally with like 20 guys yeah. in a changing room, which is like 12 square meters. wasn't enough it? bench space. It wasn't it, enough bench crazy. space to put your bag, so you'd put it on the floor with the mud and the football boots. Well, another law of the week. I don't know what it is with these Spanish pools. Besides the fact, oh, this was also law of the week with the pools, we always have to book the times here in Banyoles. It's a pain in the ass because sometimes when we do like a bike session and that bike session got a little bit out of hand because it went to be a bit longer or we left a bit later and you want to book the lanes but the lanes are full and you can't swim there. It's a pain in the ass, isn't it? Like we And we don't it. like swimming anyway. So like if there's inconveniences, we're very likely to miss a swim. <laughs> <laughs> but this swim that we did today, we did another swim in Girona in a 25 meter pool. And before I even got in, the guard went up to me and he said, hey mate, you can't use any flippers and any uh, uh, fins and pads. How weird is that? I know, it's totally retarded. There is one pool in Norwich that does that, and I don't understand. Why can't you use no, any no, of it that? it wasn't even that. He said, like, you can use it up until 3 p.m., but then after 3 p.m., you can't. Why? Why is that? I have no idea. I tried to get him to take, but he doesn't didn't know English. doesn't make any sense. Not. Yeah, he didn't speak any English. So yeah. it doesn't make any sense. Why are you not allowed to use any pants and fish out of The boogeyman comes out. <laughs> it's like when they used to shut everything down after 10 p.m. because of COVID. Like, they yeah. think, like COVID only comes out at night, guys. <laughs> and they know swimmers with fins and pads after 3 p.m. They're not cases. Yeah. They're probably not cases. So that's a couple of uh, lows of the week. Um, high of the week, uh, my car is actually all right. Didn't need any maintenance. And um, we managed to piss off some cyclists. That's a massive high oh, of the week. The, the best high was watching Tom. We were going up the... Co- we were at this cafe and... Uh, we started off at the cafe. Yeah. So, so we, um, we, were, we were doing a nice little uh, long ride. Um, we 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 uh, halfway met through. a friend, didn't I? Who I knew from Colchester yeah. when I used to cycle there. He was the only friendly cyclist out the lot, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, we we sat down at a cafe and we had a couple of coffee and uh, and cakes. And all of a sudden, there was this this group Peloton. of bees. Uh, yeah, bees. It was like a like a pack peloton. Basically, they're called the service course and. They are probably like, I don't think any of them really like each other because none of them were like talking and everything. Exactly. They came up with like 20, 25 people. Not a word was spoken. Everyone ordered coffee and cake. They just sat down and they were mentally prepping for something. We at that time didn't have a clue what it was, but they were mentally prepping. They didn't want us in the group because we were talking to each other and we weren't wearing Rafa. So we instantly, they knew we didn't. They knew we didn't, we didn't belong. And especially our friend John was wearing very, very bright clothes. So they knew he had try on it. So they knew that guy is, is an outcast. And the other two, I don't know about them. We weren't wearing any sports watches. So we could have been cyclists, but they thought we were noobs. Someone said, all right, Joey, you come with us. That was the guy who I knew. And he said, yeah, all right. And then I said to Tom, let's, should we go with him? He said, yeah, yeah. So we're waiting there for ages, five, ten minutes. Before that, they like said, that. watch out, because these guys are beasts, these cyclists. They go up the climbs at 400 watts. 450 watts at the 450 last 450 watts, he said. they did, apparently. Um, so we said, yeah, yeah, all right, we'll go. And then we're waiting there for about ten minutes. Nothing was happening. So I said to Tom, 
let's just go because we were going to go for Ron when we got back. We're wasting we were like, precious yeah, time. We're, time is money, guys, and we still had 80k to go, so we can't wait for these sightless. Uh, especially if Tom's going to drop them anyway. So um, we carried on. We get to this climb. What was it called? You raced up. Um, before, I think yeah, I, I don't know what the climb is called, but any we got there and we were we were like just it's about five percent, and it's about five k long in total. But they caught us about I don't know. Maybe it's at the foot of the climb. They caught us at the foot of the climb. Was it at the foot of the climb? Yeah, that was us? the foot of the climb. And then... Um, but we'd been going we, up for a while before they caught us, though. Like yeah, but that's just, just a long, draggy bit. But the real climb starts there where they caught us. Oh, right, so exactly right. that bit. And I was saying to Joel, like, huh, look at these bunch. Not much fun we going on there because they were all already in some sort of pain train going on. And we, we were a bit, bit taking laughing. The piss. Taking we were the saying, piss, oh, yeah. these guys are taking it serious. Look at them. God, look, they're not, not, not shouting. And then what I said to Tom, because you, you weren't going to jump on the back originally, were you? And I no, said, oh, let's I jump on the back, let's jump on the back. And then uh, we jumped on the back, and then like one by one, boom, they're popping they're popped off. off popping and, off. and we kept saying things like, oh, they're popping off already. Are we putting in the effort then? And then <laughs> it kicked off towards the top. This is probably about a K to go, 1,200, no, probably about 1,500 meters to go. One of them like upped it, uh, and it went like pretty hard for a while. And then all of a sudden, there was a bit of a lull. And Tom was like, after about 10 seconds, maybe 15 seconds of the lull, Tom went through to the front and like started getting on the front and like mashing it up and instantly you could hear the gears going click 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 <laughs> the guy's wheel I was sat on like left the wheel so I had to like try and close it and then uh, it ended up in like a big old sprint finish I think for the top but you yeah, didn't know we, where the top was did you? I, I, I didn't know where the top was but that guy thought like uh, alright we've dropped a whole bunch we're only with five left we're easing up a little bit and I was like this is not going to happen I forgot to, ju- to, to bark forgot like to a dog he forgot to junkyard dog it I said next time when we because I didn't know it, that was already the top but I've put, when I digged in really deep, then they started to pop off and we were like, two, we're two left. Apparently um, these guys do the same course every uh, Sunday. So who wants, next Sunday, who would like to see us go out on the group with them and Tom do a junkyard dog when we uh, when he attacks? I definitely, I definitely want to see that. I want to see that as well. I, so we I, might go along to the group ride. The thing is, if I would have put in the effort and then bark like a dog, but then the climb was another 4K, I would have screwed myself. So that's why I kept the dog. It's like a less. Like At least a less we know resort. the route next time to get ready, guys. There's going to be some junkyard dogs thrown out next Sunday on that. On that. Definitely. Note. So that was a that was a high, um, and that's going to bring us, I think, to the main subject of the week. Oh, you said you did your biggest ever track session as well. My biggest ever track session. That's correct. That's <laughs> correct. And uh, whoa, my biggest ever training week as well, Joe. No way. This is my biggest ever training week. Really? Yeah. Bloody hell. So we did about 450k cycling, 90k's of running, and 20k's of swimming. Watch out, Evert Scheltinger and Michael DeWeel, the top Dutch triathletes coming for the you. The mozzarella is coming. Well, in the end, it's about <laughs> consistency, isn't it? So let's see if no, I can just keep this up. Just about whether or not you beat them in a race. <laughs> <laughs> in the end, it's about beating them in a race. No, but it is uh, uh, definitely, um, yeah, it was a great way tra- uh, training. And last Saturday, we did a track session. It was, what was it, 5 by 1.2k or 6 by 1.2k? 6. Um, I don't know. When well, oh this week, this yeah, week six twelve hundreds, six 1200s off a minute rest at threshold, and then into six by six hundred off for you to max minute rest, something like that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Was was my biggest session. Great. Great. We banged, and uh, that's gonna bring us to the main subject of the week because this week we want to talk about chain ganging. Well, I actually want to talk about time. How how do you really need to be riding on a time trial bike? Do you need to ride exclusively, or do most of you ride in? on a TT bike to be in top form for an Ironman or a half Ironman, basically. Because a lot of triathletes you see on Instagram, they ride on their TT bike all the time. But is that actually more detrimental to their performance than it is uh, good for their performance? That's what we want to talk about. 
Exactly, especially um, when we're going on a training camp, we always bring in more bikes because um, you could mix it up a little bit. I, I always take like at least two bikes when I go away, and people are always like, "Why are you taking two bikes? Like, why are you taking a road bike for when you're training for time trials?" But I, I think it's horrific riding the time trial bike all the time. Well, like, yeah, you're bent over, you your hip angles really tight, and I think it, it screws you over for running as well. Definitely, like hip flexors are always tired because even during easy rides, you're in that TT position, and it looks a bit boring, doesn't it? And the traveling on an easy ride in on a TT bike. I personally think that there's no point riding a TT bike unless you're on the part on the TT bars. Like if you're not riding the TT bars, you might as well be on a road bike. Yeah, definitely. Like that's, that's what I think. Like or on a mountain bike. Yeah, you enjoy it a lot so, more. So how did we get to this subject? Um, last week we were thinking about well, how we're gonna play parts at the training this week, and we thought about how to keep it fun as well as a really good session. And then we started doing, as in New Zealand back then, we were doing chain gangs. Basically, a chain gang is you're with a group of guys and you're smashing each other. Like Taking it in turns. When we were in New Zealand exclusively, we got told to go out on this group ride and uh, we didn't know what we were going out for. I was on a gravel bike. Tom only had his TT bike there. But um, we went, he was just riding it like normal. And we went out on the group ride and it started off so slow. And I said to Tom, this, this is shit. We're wasting our time on this. <laughs> like, honestly, you're in there. Uh, you can imagine you're in a group, probably about 16 people, you're putting out about 120 watts and you're like, what is the point? But then all of a sudden, randomly, it got to this climb and it absolutely kicked off. It lit up so Went much. mental for like an hour, an hour and a half? Probably less than that. I think it was only about 50 minutes, but it was... It was, it was, it was far full above like, 70.3 pace. Oh, like, it was like every climb, like you were doing like, they were only about a minute to two minute climbs. And I think I was hitting like 500 watts average up some of them and like... And then on the downhills, you were like pedaling to keep in. I was on the gravel bike, so I was like struggling. Um, but it got us really fit. We did that like three times a week. I think we only rode our TT bike like easy, on like some longer easy yeah, rides. Yeah, we, we did we? one, like, uh, one maybe two hour ride and one one long ride on the TT bars. And uh, that's it. All I've the got a little story as well from this ride because this absolutely cracks me up. So we'd been on this ride a couple of times. So we had an idea of what it was. And the good thing was where we were staying was you'd finish at the top of this climb. It'd be like a hard 10 minute effort. This is in Christchurch. And then you had a nice descent and we were staying about three minute, four minute ride from the bottom of the descent. There were some nice cafes there, so it was perfect. So anyway, we'd done this ride a few times, so we had an idea what we were letting ourselves in for and we knew the climbs. And then we're out on a group ride. There's loads of like these uh, New Zealand cyclists, you know, they're all roadies and stuff like that. <laughs> and like Tom obviously had good legs one day and he starts like, uh, they'd started ripping it up. And then Tom got on the front on his TT bike. I don't know if he was on the TT bars or not. I think he were on the TT yeah, bars. Yeah, then I was on the TT bars. He was on the yeah. TT bars that time. So he was like absolutely mashing it up on like some undulations. And I'm on like one of their wheels on my gravel bike. And the two guys in front of me are like fighting for the wheel. Literally, they're fucking killing themselves to stay on the wheel because no one wants to get popped. And they crash right in front of me. And I'm like, fuck. Like, and I'm like, I swing it round, just get round them. Everyone stops and that. And uh, yeah, it was basically all because of like Tom just sitting on the front, mashing but, it but up. In the end, they'll probably be like, yeah, what's that stupid triathlete? Who goes on a TT bike during a group ride? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but in the yeah. end, it was their fault. But you had to put really, uh, I mean, you were on a gravel bike all week. So uh, you I were, regretted taking I, a gravel bike, like, because I never really, I never went off road once. And I just massively disadvantaged myself. And then, like, on the climbs, I was just hanging on for grim death until I got dropped. <laughs> so translating that to um, uh, taking all that knowledge over the years, what we've had, and that fun aspect, because it does give you the adrenaline, and you need that adrenaline to push you further. Because if you've got a schedule that says five by six minute at threshold, well, that's not really going to get you fired up, is it? Like to this week, instead of doing the VO2 max session like you, you might do, we just planned like a grippy 
uh, route, which was like 35 k's at 600 meters of climbing. And we basically just took it in turns. We pushed the hills hard, and then over the top and on the uh, flat bits in between, we kind of went, like, we took turns on the front, like 40 seconds. So it was like, 30, a, we seconds. did like, um, because we were planning on doing a, a VO2 max workout. So we said, we've got this route, 35k, 600 meters of elevation. And we said, all right, we're going to hit it really hard on the climbs. And we're going to take like, what was it? Minute turns? Two minutes? Less than now, 40 like, seconds. 40 30, seconds. 40, 40 seconds. Like so basically like just straight through pretty much. A team trial trial. One hour, heart rate through the roof. And uh, it made it so fun. And I think if you were trying to replicate something like that, it would be extremely hard in training. Either it, it has to be something like a crit race. An Olympic distance, well, even an Olympic distance wouldn't be at that Too straight line. Uh, too straight line. Um, because the climbs made it really... And it was not a long climb. Every climb was like two minutes. You can hit it really hard and then you've got a little less, recovery. Some of them were less than two minutes, like 50 seconds, minute, weren't mm -hmm. they? Some of them, like, and one of them was probably about three minutes of gradual And drive. especially if, um, because over the winter, you've been doing a lot of tempo stuff. So if you're going to mix it up right now with VO2 max, yeah, exactly. you're going to get the fitness gains yeah. from that because you haven't been doing that a lot. And into that, we did that for one hour, smashed it, and then uh, we had a little recovery in between into... Uh, a 30 minute tempo of the Rocco Corba. So then you've got the fun aspect of doing a chain gang with a group um, into uh, a tempo effort, which is Ironman slash 70.3 specific. I'd say 70.3 power, yeah. basically trying to yeah, hold Yeah, 70.3 power, 7. but it would be more specific for oh, Ironman yeah. training, 70.3. And then Tom's done like a load of like riding with uh, some, some pros or like former pros where you've been on the mountain bike, haven't you? And you've yeah. found that like really helped his like power and stuff like that. Yeah, definitely. So in, in uh, the Netherlands, I've been riding with uh, um, a couple of them boys in, uh, so we've got a hundred, hundred K loop and I've joined them now for uh, four times, I think. Um, Nicky Terpstra, and it was Paris Roubaix winner, wasn't he? Yeah, he was and uh, Lawrence Sendam, ninth in the Tour de France, and I'm literally crying on the wheel, mate. But it's, <laughs> it's on a mountain bike as well. What did, so, you brought your headphones, didn't you? And Nicky yeah, said, "What you brought I, your headphones for?" So I, <laughs> I brought my uh, my headphones that ride on uh, one of the days because I was with Nicky and with Lawrence, and it was the first day I ride, I rode with Nicky. And I said to Lawrence, what kind of ride is this going to be? And he said, well, depends a bit on the mood of Nicky because it's a week before his what first race him, of the season. What do they call him, they? You said they call him the yeah, dictator. Yeah, they call him the dictator. <laughs> they call him the dictator because he dictates what's going to happen. So we started off that ride and the first 10 minutes were like really easy. And then we got to the loop. And all of a sudden it was like, my heart rate went up to 174. I can feel my lungs burning. It went on for 20 minutes. Now I, sc I screamed to Lawrence Tendam, what are we doing? What are we doing? And he said, I don't know, just don't get dropped. <laughs> uh, anyway, we did, we kept that doing for like 30 minutes. Then there was like an easy bit. And then was there that was on another... single track? Yeah, it was all on single tracks, but it, it's a bit wider than single tracks, like a meter wide, but it's quite technical and uh, constantly up and down as it's through the dunes. So basically, Shorter than the uh, hills that we've been doing here, but then you've got less recovery as well. It's more oh, of a, right. but constantly heart slow, heart slow, and that gets you really fit. But anyway, at some point we had uh, had a little rest, and Nikki said to me like, "Hey Tom, why did you uh, bring your headphones for?" Of course, cyclists think that like triathletes are a bit like weird, and, and Tom brought didn't his you headphones. Say, didn't you say because I brought them for when I dropped you, so I could tell them to keep me occupied. <laughs> Well, I actually said that the other way around. I said, well, in case you guys dropped me, I had some uh, company on the ride. I could listen to uh, to some music and some tunes because I actually thought I was going to get dropped and I still uh, had to like ride them for three hours solo. Mm -hmm. But um, um, yeah, I think uh, sessions that, like that do get you really fit. So if you have get if you have the uh, opportunity to, to um, ride with a couple of friends that are fitter than you or like on the same level... I, I think you can push it harder when you're on something like that, like a road bike or something, because... 
you can't do that kind of thing on a TT bike so easy, can you? Or translate it to, 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 uh, to Swift, indoor training. A lot of people yeah. train indoors. And you've got people, uh, uh, five by six minutes and a little bit of tempo, but it's never going to give you, get you over the it's edge. It's not the same. Like when I did the Sufferfest ones, they would like, you, I mean, you did them as well, even mm -hmm. on the VO2 Max ones, they would change it, wouldn't they? Like the power and sometimes mm -hmm. you would like a burst of like 550, 600 watts for like 10 mm -hmm. seconds. And then it would go down a bit more. And I think that's what you need. You need them like surges, even amongst a VO2 Max effort. You don't just want to hold a set power. And then some people that listen to this would say, oh, well, how do you know you can ride your TT bike if that's the case? But then what did we do the other day? Like 100 miles and you said you were holding your TT bike and you were doing some good five-minute efforts, weren't you? Yeah, so well? I that was the first ride I did on my TT bike since Ironman Switzerland. And it was, what was it, 170, 160K? 160K, like. and yes, it wasn't easy because it's, uh, I couldn't uh, ride the whole thing in my uh, in the TT bars, but at the end we were doing some efforts and I was doing the five-minute efforts over 360 watts. So I could do the power whilst not doing, whilst not have been riding in Continue any other positions. for six months. Exactly, and I do think it's February, February right now. You've got like Feb, March, April, uh, so about two and a half, three months to pick it up. If you ride your TT bike twice a week, three times a week, that's definitely going to be. So enough. I would say, and you can for, push more power on a road bike. Yeah, uh, for one thing, for people to do for, to try something different would be get a couple of mates if you've got them and just go out on like if you've got an undulating route nothing like too hilly you don't want to be going up hills that are like 10 minutes long for it but hills that are up to like say three minutes long do something like that uh, you can even make it like a little circuit and do two free laps or if it's like a 30k mm -hmm. loop i don't think you want to make it over an hour it wants to be under an hour mm -hmm. and ideally over like say 35 minutes really somewhere between 35 minutes an hour and just take turns and just hit the hills hard recovering the group you know take turns uh, and keep and, it keep it steady hard on the flats like pushing on the flats don't take it easy there yeah unless you yeah you want to keep you need to keep it on a bit but not flat out on the flats but it needs to be hard like you're still working like probably at least tempo and mm -hmm. it will feel harder than tempo because you're trying to recover from the the hills but if you're working at tempo you're not really going to and then if you get the timing wrong and someone else is on the front that puts you into the red but it's a great way of pushing yourself harder than you thought you could do and really exactly. just suffering to hang on to the wheel. And I think it will take your, take your ride into the next level. To give an example, we uh, both don't have a power meter anymore on our road bikes. We did it all based on heart rate data. And, and we connected to uh, John's power meter because he's the only one that's got one. So we, the, the only way of judging our effort is to use uh, connect to John's power meter. So if we want to know that we're doing 400 watts, we just make sure that he's doing 400 watts sitting in the wheels. <laughs> sitting in the wheels, then we know we're, we're over it. Yeah. <laughs> we're doing the then right thing. we know thing. we're over it. So <laughs> basically, we just use John's power meter, and then if you start not seeing the readings, you're like, oh, John, John must have got dropped. Like, <laughs> John's <forget."> gone, John's <laughs> gone. Um, no, but that that is, uh, and I think because you're doing it with a group, you've got also stories to share because... There is no great story about, I mean, obviously we're also doing them, them efforts indoors on Swift and we're also doing, but if you have the chance to mix it up sometimes, it is just that extra boost because you haven't been doing that and it's going to give you that little bit extra. And that, try something and, new. Um, you're testing, you're testing your race instinct, that gritty, do you want to get dropped? Or do you keep fighting over the road? Do you throw a few junkyard dogs and hang on to the wheel? Exactly. It's all about them dogs. But I think it's much more fun. Like we used to do stuff like that when there was a few of us out. Uh, before a cafe stop, we'd have a bit of a burn up and then uh, mm -hmm. you'd stop at the cafe, have something to eat and then just carry on and then just have another burn up back into town. And I think like it's a really fun way of doing it and it just feels so much easier to get a decent effort in. And like, to make mentally. it more Ironman or 70.3 specific, um, especially for the more uh, uh, senior uh, age groupers slash, uh, I mean, experience wise, the more experienced athletes. 
do it do it during the end of a long ride. So you do a five hour ride, four and a half hour ride, and the last seventy five minutes you do do a chain gang, and then you take the volume. You wouldn't do a VO two max chain gang, but this is what we did the other day. We did a four and a half five hour ride. And we did like 50 minutes, three minute turns. 40, 40 minutes, it was just over 40 minutes. Yeah, but before that we did a uh, 10 oh, yeah, minute yeah. like steady oh, right, hard yeah. effort. 50, 50 minutes, yeah. So in total it was 50 minutes, but then you're doing like three minute turns. And if them three minutes, they make sure if you're doing too hard, like VO2 max, you won't be able to sustain it. So you want so, to try and hit like threshold or slightly above really, just three mm -hmm. minutes at threshold and then three minutes on the wheel. But then if it's a bit undulating, even when you're sat on the wheel, you might still be working hard on the climb. But that was really good because then say you do eight turns each, you've got 24 minutes at threshold or just above, and then... Uh, in the wheels, you'd be over, still over Ironman pace. Uh, and it helps you get home Ironman. quicker as well, in the four and a half hour ride. <laughs> helps you get home quicker. <laughs> makes the time go faster. And uh, sometimes you get some uh, segments along the way, but anyway, that, then you're doing like a five-hour ride with a lot of intensity towards the end, and it's always towards the end of the bike lag in an Ironman that it gets stuffed, isn't it? So. Yeah. And to be honest, it's a really good feeling when you're flying around the country lanes, hitting 60 k's an hour, leaning it in yeah. around the corners, breathing out of your ass. And I, I, had, off I sometimes had to laugh during during the efforts because I was just enjoying it, seeing uh, like sweat everywhere, like you're totally yeah. ripping it and going so fast. And, and then uh, sometimes uh, you're on like, the limit, and then you're just you're going up the climbs, you're working hard, and then on the descent, you're hitting 60 k's, leaning it in around the corners. Next climb comes, boom, like sprinting. It's up like a race, isn't rise. it? Yeah, it's like a race. I, I, I was imagining I was in like a little breakaway, like going. But I, I, uh, I'm kind of scared though for that day that my legs are starting to feel that, you know, everyone has like their off day and you don't want to be in a chain gang on an off day. John was one in the other day. When John he, he, was on the ride the other day, I said to, uh, I don't know if it was you or John, I said to him, it reminded me of like when you're in the Tour de France because he looked really strong, didn't he? And it reminded me when you watch the Tour and you're like, oh, you pick out your favourite, who you think looks good at the start in the first week and like because he's always at the front, he's always in the good position. And John was riding really well at the start of that long ride. And then we start doing the chain gang, he looked really good. And it reminded me of when you pick one of the favorites or someone's big this guy up for the tour. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden they hit one of the mountain stages and like you say, they have a bad day. And all of a sudden the commentator's like, and so-and-so's dropped, he's fallen back through the group. And then like when John went back, I was like, oh, it's like when you watch the tour and all, someone gets dropped. All of dropped. a sudden, yeah, <laughs> he's just out gone. of the blue, he looked so strong. <laughs> yeah. But that's the thing, if you, if you have a really, really bad day, a chain gang is uh, is scary because you're already depleted from energy and uh, and, and it's, then, it's the motivation that lags, it's soul destroying. And don't use gator skins like John. Yeah, he's got gator skins. He's losing watts. Anyway, <laughs> it's good training. He wants. Um, um, he's a he's a he's a really really uh, strong cyclist. I remember the first day we were going up a climb, and I I didn't want you know it was a bit of a cockfight, wasn't it? Because we went up the first climb, first day of camp. I didn't know John. John didn't know me. Well, John didn't know Joe. But it's already half a, half a year later, so it was kind of a cockfight. He went on the front. And he pushed it a bit harder, but I didn't want to say like, hey guys, are we going hard? Because I didn't have any power meter. I thought like, do I have shit legs? But apparently he went up like pretty hard. But yeah, then I, I knew that. Bike. I was like, oh damn, if, if he's that strong, I don't know if uh, if I if I can even uh, uh, keep up with him. He's waiting but, until you have your bad day and then he's gonna put you in your place. Yeah, 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 he was. But it, it ended up, uh, then we ended up on the Rock of Corba and I had my glance on the gravel bit. <laughs> yeah. So that brings us to, what's the next bit? I think, so the conclusion would be, if you're an age grouper and you've got like a training week, you would have one one easy ride, like the 90 minute, an hour, 90 minute, like base endurance, could do it one on a roadie or on a TT bike. But then you want to have one ride a week 
on the road bike I think where you do the fine. chain gang. I think if you're riding four yeah, but times, the, uh, twice but as a an age group, like the majority will probably do three rides a week, like a long ride. You have three times a week. Yeah, because they have like a job and kids. And well, I think like if you do tempos on TT bike, VO2 max ones are definitely better to do on the roadie. Yeah, definitely, because you can hit better yeah, power numbers. I, think... I don't understand why people would do VO2 max kind of stuff in TT position. I never do it in TT position. Never. Because what you want to do is trying to hit as many watts as possible because you want to train that upper zone. And if you're in a TT position, you can't get as much get oxygen to higher. the... Yeah, and I think you can't just, get as high as... I, I, the hardest I'd ride in a TT position would be like, well, obviously if I do a 10-mile time trial, but like generally in training, threshold pace. Mm -hmm. You know, like up to threshold pace, I think is good, doing some longer reps at threshold. But VO2 max stuff, you want to do you want to do uh, in, the road, in the road bike, don't you really? Yeah, definitely. Like, so it's the, not like we're training for a prologue, is it? You know, no. Like so, in TT, it's not like we're, we're in an Ironman. We're riding less than tempo anyway, so you don't. Some people would say, "Oh, yeah," but then you can practice getting your VO two max in the TT position. But it's like we're not ride, We're not training to race at that intensity. No, anyway. we're not so doing a ten k time trial. Yeah, it's like a so hundred and eighty k. Yeah, so there's no point really. You're just limiting your VO two. You're probably dis making your VO two max sessions at a disadvantage because. Uh, yeah, you're probably hitting like a road bike threshold in a TT position, something like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, do that. It's try to incorporate once, uh, once in a couple of weeks, and a, a, road, a chain gang with the local cycling cycling club. Try to piss them off. Yeah, and be undercover. We've been chatting about this in the video on the triathlon in, mockery. Infiltrate the group. Infiltrate. Don't, get rid of all your signs that you're a triathlete. No sports watches. Don't talk a lot about data. Uh, don't wear a glucose monitor. Um, don't wear unless you want to piss them off. Because if you wear a glucose monitor and you have a tri top on. That will and if you are in <laughs> the summer, true. if you wear shorts and you have an Iron Man tattoo showing as well, and you start and make sure to have front, a little little TT bar on there. Yeah, as well. that would really piss hey them guys, off. Hey guys, yeah, group ride. <laughs> <laughs> that would really piss them off. If you do that, you've got to get video evidence so we can see that because we we love that stuff. But if you want to try and infiltrate the group, you've got this. You've got to kind of navigate around yeah. it. Yeah, and you need to act like a proper dick. Yeah, they're always they're so unsociable. We've waved to a few out here, and they just completely blank you. Yeah, but I think it's the top, uh, like the the crit race, not professionals, but top age groupers from cycling that are the dicks. Yeah, that they're don't really wave. because you've got the really like the the touring cyclists. They're always really friendly, and uh, you, you they, they're the kind of guys you would help on the side of the road if they got a flat. Yeah. But then it's them guys. Yeah, know. yeah. The, the the pros seem alright, don't they? Like yeah, when pros you... are alright, but it's them in betweeners. They're they're, they're they've got insecurities. But there are still some moody pros, though, aren't there as well? There are also some moody pros. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah anyway, so uh, chain gang. That's uh, that's our little tip. Um, anyway, yeah, the bullshit buster. So the bullshit buster this week is very very triathlon specific. We saw this beast of an equipment and. We all know as triathletes, your core core is key, isn't it? Core is key. Without the core, you are nobody. You are a nobody. You couldn't even if you've got no core, then uh, you're a goner. You can't hold the TT position on the bike. Uh, you can't swim properly. You'll be like one of them people. You'll be the equivalent of them people in Ironman who always have a bad Ironman. They always say, "Oh yeah, I had got had uh, stomach problems. Couldn't digest <laughs> yeah. the food after about 120k. Yeah, nothing um, would go down. Tummy, tummy hurt, tummy hurt. <laughs> it's probably because uh, um, it was probably because the uh, the app said no. Anyway. What if you could practice the TT position with a core workout, Joe? How would that sound? 
It just sounds crazy, doesn't it? Like, <laughs> it sounds a bit crazy. Yeah. It's like a triathlete would have made this. So what is this device? Everybody knows probably an app roller, like a standard app roller. It's it's like, I actually thought when he showed me it, it was like properly for triathlon, but it's not. But these guys look like they would mash out some watts in the TT <laughs> yeah. position. And like, it's all coming from the core. It's all coming from the core. They're basically doing like some weird kind of lunge thing with it and kicking their legs all over the place. It's, <laughs> so if you know the standard standard uh, core roller, them rolling devices that you've got these grips on the sides, this one is exactly like that, but then with aero bars on it. Yeah, you basically need to check out it on the uh, Triathlon Mockery Instagram page, but... And they do weird obstacle courses. <laughs> they do obstacle courses They've like laid well. out some cones and they're riding like How this. many watts do you think they're pushing with this uh, core, um, core aero? aero and, and what do you think is the, the aerodynamic drag is on that yeah, thing? Oh, uh, yeah. Like, I mean, to be fair, they look pretty, they've got a straight back, haven't they, in a low position. So maybe they're <laughs> might be very aero. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, why on. would this be a bullshit buster? Because now I'm talking about it seems actually like all right. Uh, I don't know, actually. Like, it, to be fair, it, it does look like it would be all right. Like, I don't know. It's just bullshit buster because it's funny. Like, it is. It's just the funny I think the funny thing probably is that they don't know it's very triathlon specific they're yeah. probably like yoga geeks they're not triathlon people at all but when you see it and you're a triathlete you'd probably look at it and think actually it looks pretty handy <laughs> it might actually <laughs> it might, help might come, come it in might handy. come in handy I don't know shall we, shall we try uh, trying to influence a couple of these yeah. bad boys yeah <laughs> if you're a triathlete and you want to let us know is it actually any good contact them you could probably get a sponsorship but what yeah. would then be better doing this in the TT position these app rollers or on a on a road bike steering wheel if you could fix that oh, if you do a road bike be, you'd be able to push more watts wouldn't you <laughs> I, I would probably ra- I, I'd probably rather do other stuff in the gym because you just look ridiculous what, what if I would get one of those and you would get get one of those we could do a chain gang app workout we could set up an obstacle course and time ourselves around it like the, with the cones like one of the girls does on the uh, thing that would be fun doing a, a core workout that's fun for a change but, the chain gang core workout yeah but you just need to check it out it's a bit crazy it looks like it could be alright who knows but yeah it just looks flipping what a, ridiculous that guy that you can see popping up looks a bit like Andy Dreitz the bolt one that's yeah. doing the I obstacle course I think Andy course. Dreitz is uh, already sponsored by him from looking at the video yeah Look, yeah, look, that's yeah. the Andy. That's it. He's got black shorts, he's mega tanned, and he's got like some... Pretty ripped. Pretty ripped. It's definitely Andy Drives. <laughs> anyway, let's go over to the Instagram post of the week. So this week, we've got a hella a beast. This guy is the Notorious. You might have heard of him. Um, he is... He punches old men in pubs. He's got some. He's got his own whiskey brand, and... He likes wearing alpha flies on a mountain bike. He, that's it. And he's, no, he's riding. Not a triathlete. <laughs> he's not a triathlete. He's riding through the streets of, I think it's Dubai, and he's riding on a mountain bike with vapor flies. He probably went to a local bike shop and he said, "I need a mountain bike, like a really, really." I think to look. be honest, it's not like that. I think because he likes a fight, he's riding in the middle of the road, holding up all the cars because someone's told him, "Oh, the car drivers." Uh, around LA get really pissed off if you ride in the middle of the roads and they always start and fights on me but and for what, him it's like oh that's the training yeah, I'm looking oh, for that's how I get a fight is that's how I get someone to start fighting me right I'll uh, hold up some big truck I'll ride out in the middle of the road for him that's the chain gang yeah that's the chain gang he's got his hands down by his side like he's like come on then right who's ready for it and he's just waiting for a fight and he's got his alpha flies on so he can react quickly yeah Move. or he's got the alpha flies on for two other things in case 
one of the truck drivers comes out with a shotgun. He knows yeah, he's he fucked. Needs to run. He, he needs, needs to, to run. run. Alpha flies, boom, 3%, he's gone. Yeah, 3%. <laughs> <laughs> it's a 3% bonus, isn't it? He's, 4%. He's 4%? Like... Fucking hell. <laughs> You're doing that, but it means all the percent he can get. <laughs> yeah. um, anyway, he's all, also wearing a Gucci hat. Does that do anything? Is he wearing a Gucci hat? Yeah. Yeah. It's a shame. Probably pissing other people off. Yeah. Piss more people off. Uh, anyway, and um, what do you think that would add, add some extra watts on the bike if you ride it with carbon shoes? Because my s shoes, so. they have a carbon-plated shoes as well. I think so. It's definitely going to be better than normal trainers. Definitely. Like Because you, you want that. You want that. Um, it's probably more responsible. Yeah, responsive. more responsive. Yeah, but then the, the, if it's the ones with the air plate in, it's going to dumb it down a bit. So you want the, uh, the other ones, don't you? True. I think the Notorious could be a proper triathlete because he looks like he could piss off you know, some cyclists. Nate Diaz does triathlon, so maybe he wants to take him on. Who? I mean, Nate Diaz. You know, the one who we had. Paul uh, Felder. No, Nate Diaz as well. Like uh, the uh, one who Connor had a big. Uh, he had a couple of fights. Oh. With. He's a triathlete. And yeah. Connor reckons that he's got more strength, more stamina than him because he said he outlasted a fucking triathlete in my last fight. I would like said. to see, the, see them doing a chain gang. Yeah, I would. Yeah, could you imagine? Paul Felder. Paul Felder, you should uh, notorious MMA set that up. You, you, we we know he listens to the podcast, don't we? we yeah. we've seen that. So Paul Felder, you you need to contact uh, McGregor and Nate Diaz. Maybe take them on on a little triathlon, sprint triathlon, or Olympic. Let's yeah, see, or, see if or, you can. Or, take a, or them into. a road bike chain gang. Road bike chain gang. You could put them in an absolute hole, a whole world of shit. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> in the gutter. Um, anyway, that's it uh, for this week, Jody. Um, and to be honest. We're 37 minutes in. It's actually quite amazing how much shit you could talk for in 37 minutes while we're we're talking all day through. I was actually a bit quite scared. We're looking for content and all that kind of stuff to talk about because it's hard. Normally we do a podcast. You're in the UK. I'm in the Netherlands. You've got your highs and lows. I've got mine. We don't speak. Well, we speak to each other throughout the week, but not a lot like now. So My being able to, that I'm always speaking to you. Really? She's like, you spend too much time speaking to Tom. Like, what do you two talk about all the time? <laughs> That's why we're probably able to do a podcast. <laughs> anyway, got this one done. Hey guys, uh, we're putting the legs up. Time because tomorrow it's time for another chain gang. Chain gang, maybe a tempo. Up what we're doing tomorrow? Put... Tell me this session because I don't know yet. So a bike session with some intervals. We're tempted actually to pick a route out for TT bikes and have like a race basically, but set it up in like minute intervals, just a bit of motivation. So the Tuesday is more of a tempo kind of workout that we're doing. Kind of thresholds, yeah. Tempo, tempo threshold, threshold. Some, anything like that. Um, and then with a run off the bike, um, like maybe some, you said a good session the other day. Which is similar to what we did, like K reps. Oh, fart like kind of yeah, like yeah, a yeah. fart like kind of run. So maybe like K reps off like a jog recovery, um, eight to ten of them, something like that. And then in the evening, go for a swim, and I'll probably do like another run, but it will be an easy one. But that's just to get some volume up. So like, mm-hmm. uh, if the uh, run off the bike's not that like uh, big in volume, so it gets another one in. But it's quite a tough day. Tomorrow's a quite tough and intense day. So it's about two hour ride with loads of intensity, then run yeah, off the bike. Intense. Low. It's probably like forty minutes worth. The efforts, yeah. Yeah, depending on how hard you go. If you're going like threshold or above 40 minutes, yeah. uh, threshold, probably about 40 minutes. If it's more tempo, it could be up to like an hour. And then the run off the bike with probably about half an hour's worth of effort. Mm-hmm. But that's tough though. And then you've got another two sessions later on the day. Yeah. Well, sounds good. Legs up. Thanks for listening, everyone. And we'll see you next week. Cheers. See you later.